Hey, good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Alex and Mo podcast. Uh, if you have yet to subscribe to our YouTube channel, take a moment to do so now and follow us on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And we are also on Apple Podcasts, so subscribe, rate, and like us. So tonight, Alex and I have Ryan, uh, Dr. Ryan Shelton. Uh, he hails from Kentucky. Um, Ryan, we are pleased to have you on the show. We've had a lot of business owners. However, I have not seen anyone who has been vulnerable and transparent as you have been over the past few years, and you've been consistent in doing so. Sharing the struggles of seeing patients with um, Medicaid or even low-income uh, patients, many that will be turned away from a big-box clinic. And we know it's not as profitable, but you seem to make it work. So, um, Alex and I, we love to hear from our guests all the things that they're doing, what works and what doesn't work. And that's what we would like our audience to be able to benefit um, from as well. So, welcome to the show and thank you for accepting the invitation. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to, to talk with you all. Um, been listening to you all since you've been uh, started up. So, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Oh, awesome, you. awesome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for taking the time out uh, to be here with us today. Yeah, I think as Mo said, I mean, we, we've had a lot of uh, business owners come on, um, outpatient, home health, and, and many other different things. But I think we've never had somebody like yourself. Um, and I think that uh, very early on, at least when I met you through Twitter and started following you and all that stuff, you know, you were always very consistent in what your vision was for your business and how you were going to 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 lead your business and how you were going to implement that and the one thing that was consistent for you um was that serving your community uh was a priority and i would almost venture to say it is the top priority um not so much making money um although you know as any business you want to be profitable but i, I always felt like that was not your your top um goal or mission uh and, and i think that once somebody has made that decision um that good things are going to follow because i think that when you put out good energy good karma good vibes you know that that comes back to you tenfold um so definitely very excited to hear about your story and, and how it came to be. Um, and I always like to kind of get that background of all of our guests as to who they were before, where they are today, how we got here, Ryan. So why don't you, why don't you take us back to how PT even became a thing for you? When did you realize that, hey, I want to go to PT school? And then how does that lead to, I want to build this business, but I'm going to do it in this very unique way? Yeah, so I, I kind of keep stumbling uh, stumbling into things, which for me is kind of working out great so far. So uh, I didn't really have the, the typical story. I didn't get injured. I didn't go to a physical therapy clinic. In fact, in high school, I wanted to go to physical therapy and, and see what that was like um, because one of my buddies was going to school for that. And my counselor stuck me at a, a chiropractic's office. So even when I was trying to get into PT back in the early days, I, it was still tough. But um, so I got I got into physical therapy basically 
because I really wanted to do something in healthcare. And uh, growing up in a small town, I just didn't feel like the doctor role was going to be something I could aspire to be. And definitely with my personality at the time, I didn't want a lot of um, heavy responsibility. So I like to, you know, think on the fly and, and um, I, I like to do things not in such a systematic way. So I didn't want to be, you know, have people's lives responsible for myself. And my buddy was like, man, you need to try physical therapy. And so I just kind of like, yeah, let me give this a shot. And I kind of realized about senior year of, you know, things are getting real. Um, undergrad, senior year, time to apply to different schools. That's when I really started to think, you know what, this is going to be like, I'm, I'm excited about this. This is going to be really fun. Um, but I tell people all the time that I love stories. I love um, the small town vibe where I came from. You kind of know a little bit about everyone. I love that about people learning, learning things from people. So I really feel like um, any sort of job where I could be in front of folks and, and get to talk to people, I would have had fun doing. But I'm, I'm really, really um, feel fortunate that that uh, stuck with physical therapy and started to really like it. Um, so went through physical therapy school in the Midwest, moved out to um, the East Coast. Things got real busy for me in my life. I was, you know, mid 20s. That's when I could kind of see the world in a totally different way um, from where I grew up and kind of rose up the the tried to rise up the corporate ladder. And I, by the end of my, what I call my corporate career, I was helping with a residency program, um, mentoring and, and coaching people to, you know, um, be orthopedic residents and, and specialists, and then helped out with a spine fellowship. And kind of, for me, I got to the, um, the top of where I was and, and kind of like, it's really exciting that, you know, I'm, I'm helping out with all these cool things going on. I'm teaching folks, I'm mentoring folks, and I love it. But as things happen, uh, the company I worked for, um, they got bought out. And then things things change where, you know, we worked really hard. We saw a lot of patients in the type of clinics that I worked in, but we also gave away millions of dollars every year to people who didn't have insurance. And I'm a type of person that I expect to work hard and so if I can, if I can see a lot of patients, but I, I just feel good about that side of being able to see who I want to see. Um, the company was building schools in, in Haiti so kids could eat like that felt really good. Um, and by today's standards, I think it's kind of evolved into what we would call a mill type setting. So um, so anyway, I saw the writing on the wall that it, it just didn't feel good that I couldn't serve these patients, um, people without insurance things like that. People just kind of feeling like they're numbers and not really people anymore. Just didn't really mesh with my my upbringing, what I really knew and and what I love about people is being able to have those conversations. So that's when things changed for me and I realized I need to do something different. Uh, and that's when I started my company, um, Philanthropy PT. And um, that's where we are. You know, where we started was really trying to take care of folks who we're going to be turned away. I saw the writing on the wall. I knew what was going to happen to the people around the communities where I live and where I call home now in Kentucky. They weren't going to have all these experts that I was so fortunate to train in town. They don't have access to them in another couple of years because that was going to get taken away from them. So um, a lot of what I wanted to do in the beginning was just make sure we could find people who didn't have anywhere to go and then that's morphed quite a bit um, from from our humble beginnings to our just slightly over humble uh, 
uh, where we are now. So how many years has it been? Um, if I'm correct, it's been like what, four? Yeah, four years. Four years? Okay. Yeah. So uh, when you started, it was your intent to be in a small town? Yes. Okay. Um, that was intentional. And so like small town, I think in, in my uh, my community, I wouldn't, where I grew up, I wouldn't call it small, um, but definitely not a, a city. And right outside of, we're, we're, we're in a, a small community, but not a rural community, I wouldn't call it. But right outside our doors are are a lot of rural, great rural people who just are, are getting shut out from getting the kind of care that they need. So um, it, it's one of those things, you know, you got to have your why. I'm, I feel so thankful and fortunate that the way it's worked out is, you know, I had all these dreams of small town. I'm ready to get rid of the small town. I'm ready to go get my big city dreams. And I, I'm living my big city. I'm, I'm, I was living the life that I couldn't even have imagined. Um, and then I was like, nah, this doesn't feel good. And now I'm so happy to kind of, I think it works all, that way for a lot of folks, but kind of get back to where it all started. I'm really excited about it. I, I was going to ask you if your intention was to leave home Will become a physical therapist and come back to help your community but you mentioned that you really wanted to get out and explore. oh yeah totally but somehow you ended up back in the small town yeah absolutely okay. i was the i grew up with the like number one rule go find a employer who will match your 401k that is like the the stipulation and there's obviously we know there's so much more to what makes you happy in life than uh who's putting money in your 401k Oh, but to some people, having a good 401k is important because it's still important. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Retirement. So you kind of broke the, the rule that you grew up learning that you must have that stability for when you retire and when you're growing up. I mean, business is risky. Right. And, and you're a family, your, guy, your family yeah. guy. So did you consider those things like, man, what if this doesn't work? Uh, I think it would be not, I, I, it wouldn't be real if I said no, but that was not in the forefront. It was really the, <laughs> I still feel kind of bad saying it, but I got to work in mm -hmm. mentor therapist in probably a hundred or more different clinics. So I got to work with a lot of people. I got to learn a lot of great things from people, but I also got to see the, the one side of things of many sides of, there are people who don't know what they're doing. And they're making it work. And so for me, it was kind of like, you know what? I believe in the cause. And I think that that's enough. I, like you said before in the beginning, Alex was like, we jumped in with, if you give, you will get. And so like, that's what I'm going to jump in with. It's not like a business decision. At that point, my life was turned upside down. My, I was going to be this big time person that, you know, was in a leadership position, making good money and all those things. And, and then I was like, actually, that's not what I want. And so everything changed. And so I got to start clean. And, and when I started over, it was really important to me that like, this is not a business that not that I won't sell or, or selling's bad, but this wasn't going to be a business when I started it, that was going to be a thing that I would sell and you know, bow out of this was going to be the thing that like my community needed and I needed to feel good about living where we live. So you mentioned that you had moved out to the East Coast when when you, as you said, you saw the writing on the wall and you 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 had you figured I need to make a move. This is not what I want. How 
did you decide on where you are now? Because obviously you had come from, like you said, not a small uh, a city, but not a big city either. But you went to, correct me if I'm wrong, what it seems like is a much smaller city than what you grew up in. Oh, no, no. Uh, no. I, the it's still it would be by most standards a small very small town um i grew up in a town with uh 25 2600 people so wow. i grew up in a very small farm community and where i live now like we have a walmart in town and we have stoplights in town so to me that's like that's a, not really a small town but it's pretty so, small I think 20, okay so a step, a step up from what you grew up with yeah. but you knew that that that's what you wanted like you wanted to serve that community because you had kind of coming up what was your childhood like? So, and I ask it from the point of view of, like you said, there was 2,600 people in your, in your town. What was that like? And how has that shaped who you are today? Not only as a man, as a father, husband, business owner, like how did that impact you? Because I feel like that's going to have a different effect than, you know, Mo growing up in Trinidad and, and making her way over to the States. Me, you know, I was born in Colombia, uh, but grew up in Miami, um, but to Hispanic parents, right? So we all have these influences from when we were younger and it kind of shapes us as to who we are, who we become or how we make decisions and, and, and how we then become husbands, fathers and, all, and, you know, all those other things. So tell me a little bit about that. Cause I, I, I feel like that's, may have been an interesting story and, and kind of tells us more about who you are today. Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, I, I think uh, growing up in my head, I thought that like the goal is from, you know, from where I grew up, I felt like the goal is to work really hard, hopefully become a manager. And then you don't have to work on the weekends and you can take some vacations here and there. The, the bar was, uh, I don't say it in a negative way, it was set low, but I just didn't have high expectations of what I can do and, and the type of things I, I was going to be able to do. So fast forward to kind of a, a wild situation uh, in a great way. I find out at like 13, not to get like super deep, but I found out at 13 that my dad was my uh, adopt or he hadn't technically adopted me, but he was not my biological dad. So things keep happening. Like I, I like to push the envelope. It's my it's my default. It, it's it's what I like to do. I like to have hard conversations. And so at that age, it was like a pivotal time where I realized on one hand that I like I can write my own history. I don't even kind of technically like um, I know my roots and I love, 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 love my dad. Um, but at the same time, because I like to push the edge and I really like to think about things, I'm like, I don't even know where my roots are. So it made me much more free to be like, I'm going to do what makes me feel good. And unfortunately <laughs> for a lot of folks where I grew up, I, I was uh, real selfish and unconstructive uh, as a, as a kid. But, but what's great is as you get a little bit older and you start to, to realize like what's important in life. And, and one of those things happened to me after high school, I worked for a, a camp for people with disabilities for anyone who knows the Easter seals, um, organization. It's great. And that's where I realized all the things I like to have fun. I like to joke around, but it was always like self-serving, you know, for, for typical males of, of 18 to 20 year olds age uh, that can happen. Uh, and then I realized I, I start taking care of really great, awesome 
uh, human beings that teach me in three summers, like more than you can learn from where I grew up uh, about the world. And I felt like I love taking care of people, which was again, about that time I'm, I'm, I'm uh, applying to PT schools. And so what was nice is I got to kind of shed a little bit of the, I already, already felt comfortable being me. But then I realized when I got put into this situation where I was at this camp with a bunch of people who sole purpose take care of these marginalized communities. I didn't even know what that meant at the time, but looking back, take care of these people who don't really get great care and, and have the best week with them that you can. And it, it was great to like really be who I wanted to be and do the things where I didn't have to worry about what a small all white farm town thought about what I said and and who I wanted to hang out with and, and the things I wanted to talk about. So that was a, a huge thing for me. And then it just kind of catapulted from there where I just, I kind of, probably a little bit of a chip on my shoulder and a little bit of proud of how far I've come. I, I has led me to a lot of the, the things we've talked about online and what I'm doing with my company. It's like, what, if I don't think it's right, I, I want to do something about it. And it's just wild to be at the point at this point now where I'm like, I can do something more than bitch about it online. So I can really be about it with, with my livelihood. Um, and so that's been that those were a couple of big things for me that got me to the point where we are today. Um, and then you just have the the I turned, you know, I was getting to be 40 and it was like, what do I want to do with this? This part the rest of my life. My my dad died pretty young um, from, you know, health issues with diabetes. And it was like it, it's just sad that someone who people love back home, like can't keep showing that love, you know, and part of that growing up of the good part of realizing that like for 13, uh, the first 13 years of my life, this strange stranger to me until I was six months old, would just loves me like his kid never knew any different. And I was like, so if, if that guy can do that with me, then that's what I want to scale. And you can't do that until you hit the marketplace. So that's, that's kind of what we're trying to do is I have my why, but I think a lot of, physical therapists, a lot of people in healthcare, a lot of people all over, you know, I know you all talk about it, having the why, but, but if you really have that, that why, like a lot of us do, then it makes sense to move into the business world because I can't convince a corporate CEO that it's a good idea to give 20% of their profits back to the community because the community people need it. And so there's just not enough people. I realize there's not enough uh, people who make decisions in the communities. There's a lot of people taking orders from people who are really centralized in locations that don't look like the place where I live and don't, you know, get to see the people that I see. And a lot of times they, un for unintended reasons, probably they get hurt. And one of those is I talk about online all the time is not seeing people with Medicaid, which was a big push into wanting to start the type of business that I, that I started. Well, um, I know what I'm, increasingly seeing in home health is that a lot of elderly folks are switching to manage Medicare and a lot of people also have managed Medicaid. So I'm not sure if clinics are going to continue to refuse to see clients with that kind of insurance seeing that the bulk of it is going to be that in the near future. So um, I have a question for you though, because you live in Kentucky. Kentucky is, it's sort of political. It's, it's considered a, a red state. 
Uh, it's ranked as, as one of the poorest in healthcare outcomes. So for someone like you who's pushing people to be aware of social determinants of health, uh, the environment, what they eat and stuff like that, a lot of that is usually considered to be like left-wing talk. So do you get any pushback from those in your community when you try to advise them like, hey, you guys got to eat better, you got to, you know, do this so you could control your diabetes or control your blood pressure. And they're probably like, yeah, you must have been drinking the Kool-Aid or something. <laughs> I think I think when it comes to those health issues, I think everyone kind of knows. I think we're all really on the same page. We know what's healthy for us. We know what's not. But uh, I think where we would agree with a lot of folks on all sides is that there's a lot of things that make it really, really hard to get the things that you need. So, so we have a lot of conversations with folks um, who, who love to talk about the, the politics, but what's great about our company is, and, and I'm sure it's, um, that's what I see. I'm sure it's happening uh, across the spectrum, but there's a lot of people who come in that are already doing great things in the community. So we may vote for different people, but a lot of folks where I live are, are, used to helping whether that's in the church and whether that's in other uh, uh in other places in town the the n nice part about being a yankee in the south is that a lot of folks are kind of tired of politics and so they really like talking about what's going on in in our local area and i think to be honest um the folks that the folks that i treat who think the same way i do for whatever reason, I, we get into very deep conversations. We see people one-on-one. -on -one, so we really get to have a great relationship with folks who want to have a great relationship with us. And I think because of that, we can get into political conversations very easy in our clinics where it's clear we're not going to agree on much, but we can find something about the local area we can talk about. And then there's some folks, you'd be surprised, I, as someone who is very um, left-leaning as far as uh, social um, freedom and and all the all the different types of ways you want to live your life. Um, what I find out is there's a lot of there's a lot of common ground when you if you if you have a conversation and I, I know you all know this, but if you have a conversation with the person and not talking at them, you find common ground pretty easy. Um, I think I think a lot of the things that we argue about and full transparency for everyone probably knows. I enjoy having arguments. I think that's how I like to learn. Um, but not everyone does. And I think there's plenty of middle ground for people who don't want to argue. Uh, I, I get that. Um, so being part of the community, do you team up with like churches or community centers, uh, food banks to assist uh, those in, in your area that are struggling? Yeah, um, we it's been it's been tough in the sense that I am still a uh, near full-time practicing clinician running the business. So uh, it's been real hard to, to have tell me about it. Tell me about those things. <laughs> but we have our our first, our next uh, full-time physical therapist that will be starting here in a, a few weeks. Okay, so, so, we, so now we get to run that playbook, which is, oh, okay. which is really, really exciting. But there's a lot of things that I think are going to be real big for us in the community when I can do that. But the things that are baked into the, 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 the job in the company already is helping out at the homeless shelters, uh, emergency shelters. Um, I would like to, to 
uh, work with more churches. Um, I don't attend church. And I think that that's, um, that's a barrier in, in both ways. I don't, I feel completely comfortable and I, I can't wait to be able to work with the church community, but also a lot of the people that I, that I work with, um, aren't, aren't always what some churches, uh, agree with. And so the options of, of pools of, of people that I want to work with is, is a little bit smaller, but, but also what we're trying to do is not so much, uh, you know, do the, the give back as like, as a, a sort of thing that, uh, tithing or, or religious aspect to it, which I think is a wonderful practice and part of what I do, why I do what I do, but we really want to make it more about the health of the community. So the type of people that we're really wanting to work with are where are our clients at? And, um, our clients are at places where you need assistance with food, where you're going to be, uh, going to the health department, um, a, a place to stay. So those are the folks that we're really trying to focus on and then build a business around that. And the hard part about that is the that's not where the money's at. So we've, we've been able to make it work. Um, so I'm really excited to be able to build around that because that's going to help us increase the circle of who we're, we're helping in the, the communities that who don't have access to us. Um, so there's a lot of partnering going on, but the things that we don't get to do more of that I, I'm real excited about is is spending money in the community where we give a lot of time, a lot of free services, um, those sort of things. But um, for instance, the last over the last couple of months, um, things have been uh, sliding up, and so as we get closer to where we're at in goals, we're going to have you know two to three to four to five thousand dollars each month that goes back into those organizations. So, so that's, what's really, really exciting. And why I have gone from, I was just doing this as a cash-based thing because it felt good for me until I realized that this is really important and this needs to be something that can be scalable, not for financial and sell it reasons, but because the way I see it is the standard is too skewed towards building a business, building a brand, uh, it's a, a fine playbook. It's a totally legal playbook, but the playbook is plug and play, take these insurances and hire this number of people and you can have a physical therapy business too. And I think what we're trying to do and what we see the value is that keeps pushing us farther and farther away from, from helping everybody. And it's creating more problems that are more expensive. So what we really want to try to do with our money is instead of bonuses that are uh, obscene and, uh, you know, putting money towards huge marketing efforts and things like that. We want to put that money back into the community. So that way the people who don't have insurance this year might be able to get insurance next year. And now on a business side, we can make money off of that. That's profitable. That's good business by helping people who are uninsured get insurance. That's good business by helping people who can't get a job because they have some sort of injury who can't afford physical therapy helping them back into the workplace, that's good business. So um, we're trying to show a different uh, way of, of what you normally see of what great businesses can be. Because great businesses are, there's a lot of great businesses who are really kind of all the same with just a different logo. And uh, and pretty soon though, they're all gonna be under very uh, big umbrellas because they're all getting bought out. So um, I feel like we need something on the other side 
that is that is like, wait a minute, there's all this in between. But if we don't go all the way over here, then the in between isn't satisfactory for for me. Do you still do any mentorship of uh, young individuals? No, um, I I can. That's I'm super excited about our new physical therapist um, starting back up. So I've always joked that when I was in the when I was a residency mentor coordinator. Um, there was always this line that folks could take when they graduated and did well is you can go management and you can go kind of education, leadership, those sort of things. And I would always um, kind of talk about it's if you go the <laughs> if you go the management way, you're just be ready to lose a little bit of this because you, you have to focus on different things. And and that was that's what happened to me. I I didn't get into this to be a business owner. So I had a very it feels very, very long and steep curve to get me up to speed on on running a business. Um, so, but now with the new therapist getting hired, I, I'm really excited to get back into that. So, I mean, obviously, I'm sure you've had some some challenges along the way, and and you've had to overcome these challenges, especially with you kind of blazing your own path as to how you go about serving uh your your patient population and still being able to get to put back into the community as you said what has been one of the biggest challenges and what have you learned from it um i think that the, one of the biggest challenges that we've had in this last phase of what i call where uh philanthropy that or the current phase we're in now is we had a um i, I switched our billing system to a different system and naively, I just assumed these will work the same and they very much did not, which caused us to really have troubles um, sending claims and getting paid. So we went months um, trying to fix this problem, um, which led to us not getting paid. And so it, it was a, a blessing and a curse. You know, obviously the curse is I, I have made the decision to have um, employees and, or technically they're, they're 1099 contractors, they're independent contractors, but I, but they rely on me to provide these hours that I, I have agreed to. I have these patients who nobody will see. And some people that chose us because they, they chose us. But a lot of folks that we were seeing at that time are folks who don't really have a lot of other options for physical therapy. I have all these things in the air and now I can't bring in any money. And so that, that was a huge challenge where going back to what we previously talked, I, uh, my father was passed at that time, but uh, I'm so thankful that I had a 401k. And so that, that helped us get through it. It's, uh, it's not sexy. Uh, people don't want to go through that, but the, the great part about it is, and what I learned from all of these crash and burns that I seem to have in my life, um, because I'm the type of person, let's jump in and figure out how to do it once we jump in, is that like, I had to wake up knowing that all the work I did a decade prior was worth where I'm at now because there is nobody who is going to see these people. And so you go back to this, the quote that it may not be exactly exactly this, but if not me, who, if not now, when? I already started the business on the premise that no one else is doing this and they need to. So what was great for me, it just solidified like, this is it. I found the thing that right now I want to be doing, I need to be doing. So now it's time to get serious, Shelton, and we got to figure this out. And so unfortunately for, for me, uh, uh, and fortunately, that has offered me a lot of learning opportunities in my life. And so you learn from it 
you realize where we really need to be taking the business. And um, since that time, we've been slowly chipping away and we're out of the hole and now we're back to back to ready to push forward again. So Ryan, I have a question for you. Um, because as you said, there was a period where money wasn't coming in because of a billing adjustment. Um, you know, things do happen as a, a business owner. Did you have someone that you could reach out to, to discuss like the challenges or getting advice? Um, yes. Someone similar to, well, I'm not sure who else, in your community or elsewhere in the PT sphere that's doing something similar to you. The only person that I could think of is Dr. Lisa Van Hoos, uh, who's Ujima Institute. But do you have like uh, mentors or a community of business people doing something similar to you that you could reach out to and, and talk to get advice? On? Um, I do. At that time, it was, that's where my uh, small town upbringing didn't help me a whole lot. It was the pride issue of, I did, I did this. I made this decision. I got to pull me up out of this, which in hindsight just makes everything last a lot longer. And it's a lot more stressful than it has to be. But um, did I have the people? Yes. Did I call the people? No. Did I want them to know I was struggling? No. Um, so, so that's the reality of it. Uh, and another thing that I've, I've learned from, so, um, I'm just thankful I'm, I'm surrounded. I got a great community around me. So even the community of people and friends and, and, um, other business owners that caught wind of how hard things work for us, there was people reaching out, which is, that's the, I really believe we did so much giving that it was our turn to get a little bit of it in, in return. And so, with any sort of gift now that kind of adds to the fire of I have my employees and people I'm taking care of. I got my community, but now I got all these business owners and friends who believe in what we're doing so much that they're giving in. Like it's, this is a really important thing. And so when it becomes more important and your circles get bigger, then um, it's, a, it's a lot easier to push through. And, and a lot of us know that the only way to fail is to quit. So, we're going to now we're back on the given train and I'm um, keeping my fingers crossed that the, the needing to get train is way, way in the future. Cause I'm ready for uh, a little bit of smooth sailing here for the next couple of years, which I know saying that out loud means it's uh, I doomed myself, but, but I, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, a little bit uh, smoother sailing. And I I'm really excited about the way things are going that those, those possibilities are certainly there. So you mentioned, you know, other businesses in your community and, and the response to that, which kind of led me to is like, what has been that response, right? Because you come into your community and from a healthcare perspective, you're doing something completely different than what the norm is, right? We've established that most clinics, physical therapy, or just healthcare in general, um, it, they want to work with the people who can pay and the people that that have the means to get the care that they need, right? It, it's very easy for us to, to forget those individuals or those groups of individuals who just don't have the means. They, and, and a lot of times it's by no fault of their own, right? Like it's just the cards that they've been dealt and they're trying to do the best that they can with what they got, but they do need things and, and they do need this help. So you come in, you've, put this awesome business together, you're able to give back to the community. 
what are what are those other businesses doing? Like, have they reached out to you to say, hey, Ryan, how do we get involved? Like, how do I scale this to my business? Or, or has it been the complete opposite? It's uh, I wouldn't say the complete opposite. I think there's there's two things that are that I love to talk about is is one. I have had friends for the most part running the same similar type of business that I've run for years. They they I there I have two friends that have a, a four clinics uh, in our area that together are are seeing people with Medicaid that are seeing people. If you, if you need a little bit of financial help, we're going to give it to you. I work with amazing people. The, these are the people that I look to as you're already doing, they're doing the standard of physical therapy. They're, they're not people that you'll usually see very often on Twitter talking about how great they are because they're doing, they're doing the work and not that people on Twitter aren't doing the work. I'm on Twitter. I feel like I'm doing a decent amount of work, but but they just don't like to talk about it like I like to talk about it. So there's those people already doing that. And then there's the other businesses who just don't really care about what we're doing. If we're being, I, I feel like I'm being very sincere and saying they don't care about me because select medical is, is the person, the people, the people, the entity that, that owns the other company. The other one is a big mega PT clinic. I, they don't, they only know who I am because I train their employees. They don't care who I am as a business because they got a game plan and their game plan does not include my community. So I don't, I don't, I don't look at us all necessarily as seeing the same kind of people. Um, so their response is, uh, isn't negative per se, but uh, in, in, I'll give you an example. In the town where we have our clinic, I've reached out to the local physical therapist. I know people come into your office that, have Medicaid or, or things that you don't take. And I just want you to send them to us. No, we've gotten zero patients from, from any other company in town. So they don't care. And I know they're turning people away. It's just not a, what we're doing is not, um, it's not numbers. So we're, we're working in, in the community and they're working on meat metrics. And so we're just doing different things. So I don't, I don't look at it. It's definitely not what I choosing to do. It's definitely a problem, but you know, they got a playbook and they have to run it. So Ryan, I, I could see that as a, like a marketing issue because they have the bigger clinics. Um, it's visible to those who, if they have Medicaid or other private HMOs, PPOs. So they will go to like a select medical or whomever is their big advertising. So um, although it's not the duty of the front desk person at Select Medical to say, hey, we don't take your insurance, but you could go down to uh, Dr. Shelton's office because he accepts uh, Medicaid, that's not really their role. Is there any way that you can put out in the community that, hey, I accept Medicaid, come to me, we take all? Yep, we do that. Okay. Um, we, we definitely do that. And we get a lot of... You know, we get a lot of business because of that. Uh, we get a good majority. So, you know, in in the way that why what I do isn't often the the first thought of what you would want to do or try to do with the business is the the thing I'm really excited about is that the local hospital, very small hospital, they know that when home health companies don't take a certain insurance, that they can call us because we provide mobile services. 
So there are patients in rural areas that need home health, but can't get home health. So we get to fill that, that role. Um, and so we market our marketing. That's our marketing. Um, it's the long game because we're asking I, for three, four months straight. I, I saw eval after eval from the hospital for people who didn't have insurance. And we saw them because what happens is you get great stories from people and you learn about great people in the community. And then, then what happens is you're creating a, a just um, a marketplace for taking care of each other. And then that's, that's why we're going to win. Whatever winning is, I don't, we don't have like a, a, a win sort of thing like that, but that's why I'm so cocky about this is because maybe I'm not the guy to, 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 figure out this problem that we're trying to solve, but I'm excited that I'm working towards it. And what I know is that there are a lot of people who could easily do this, this, this business. So I'm just happy about being here right now to, and on this show and being able to talk about this. Cause I think there's a lot of physical therapists who are really tired of how boring physical therapy is, how just how like sterile it is, uh, and there's so much more to it. So I'm taking the brunt of the suffering right now. And I'm working for, for uh, about half my salary of what I'm making in the corporate world. But this is what I need to make a living. And I have more time with my kids and I get to meet some of the most amazing people in my community. And so I know what's going to happen is the, the big corporate names are probably going to stay, but the people inside are going to change so much that they are going to quickly not become the community anymore because of other smaller um, clinics and people doing what I'm doing and people doing like the cash-based stuff. There's so much variety now with physical therapy that we can kind of make a name for ourselves. And pretty soon it's going to be like, it's just going to be a decision of you go to Walmart when you absolutely need to go to Walmart, but people who want to spend money inside the community at the local mom and pop place, those are the, we got plenty of those people in who want to, you know, spend their money with us because we're part of the community and we give back to the community and we show up and it's the same people every time. And when we say we're going to be there, we're going to be there. So, so I think I went on a bit of a tangent there, but. No, I mean, I like it, but Ryan, do you believe you're that guy to do this? Yes. Hey, just believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Two years before, before the financial issues, I would have probably said, no, I used to say that kind of what I said a, a few minutes ago was there is someone out there that can do this way better than I can 100% believe that, but nobody has my background. And so no one's really going to be able to do it. Like I'm going to do it. And I, I think in the type of world that I'm in with my story and the people who I'm helping it, it's, we are magnets for each other. And so it's, it's more than a business that we're going to sell. It's more than how much profits are we going to make? Like we're going to change the community and we're part of the community. So, so I don't, I don't see any way that it doesn't work out for us because if it's not a physical therapy clinic, I'm in, I'm already in on this. This is not a, a philanthropy PT is an LLC, but where I'm headed with what I want to do in the community, you know, take my PT license away. I'll open up a massage parlor and have nothing with physical therapy and I'll hire trainers. I'm going to take care of these people with whatever means I have available. And now because of financial troubles and getting really good mentors who just know this stuff, I have a, a people in my corner who I now know why I need to ask them questions when we get stuck. 
So, so, so it did teach you that you do need to reach out to people. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you won't do that again. You won't. Yeah, absolutely. I know that was not the right way. I knew better when I was when I was in it. I knew it was. I I knew better, but it is tough. So, yeah. Yeah, there there are a lot of business owners who are going through stuff that are afraid to reach out because it's pride. Um, a lot of the things that they start, it's it's their baby, so it's a blow to the ego to. Mm -hmm. The thing that you'll fail, but fail forward. Always. So, so Ryan, you mentioned obviously that this never is or has been about creating a business that you can sell and and ride off into the sunset, right? But it, it definitely sounds like you've got a unique um, business plan and and a unique business that is up and running. Do you have any hopes or ideas of replicating this in other parts of the country whether it be yours or you're helping other individuals set it up in their community is that something you aspire to absolutely absolutely so i, I would say that uh we're not ready to we're not i shouldn't be thinking about it but that's that's the the thing that i do well is thinking about that far down the road but i i i know that there are people like me in pt school right now who are dreading going into the workplace because they're afraid of all the conversations you see online, the things that I've gone through, a lot of people have gone through the things they see on their clinicals. So I think that there's a lot of people who would love to go back to their town and be the person that they needed when they were in their small town. They get to, they get to bring economic um, value to their town. They get to bring um hope from in my in my world like i think it's really cool if i could start a nonprofit and open one one up in my hometown for all the kids who want to be a doctor who don't think they can be a doctor like i think that's that's fantastic so i think there's a lot of people that want to go to an area and really get into the community and do good work um whether that and, and make a lot of money so i'd like to see i don't know what it looks like but something like a franchising or not really franchising, but again, something where we help people start it clinic. Yeah. and uh, the, the really terrible business person in me would love um, to say, I'd love to have new grads. I, I would love it if I could make it work where right out of school, if you want to own a clinic, we got a clinic for you. If you go back to your hometown and give back 20%, and we're going to take our 20% and you're going to give your town 20% and we're going to make it work for you. And then in three years, you get to decide if you really want to do this on your own and it's yours. Here's the key. I got to sign a three-year lease. I'm going to make my money. And then if you want to take it over and, and be whatever your town needs, here's the keys. It works. If you get to that spot and you don't want to, and it works for us, we'll stay. And uh, that would be, you know, the small, that's the, that's elegant. You know, that, that's, that is the grassroots. Put, put it out there, man. Put it out there because I think you're onto something. Um, I, I think the innovators uh, always find a way and, and eventually you show that it can be done, right? Because we've always, historically, it's been, we don't make money unless we're building an insurance, right? And then from there, it evolved to, well, wow, we can go straight to the consumer now. We can go cash-based, right? But now you've figured out there's 
kind of a third model, so to speak, right? We don't have to turn these people away. We can serve them. We can serve our community and we can still make money. Yeah, right. So, so I I definitely think you're, you're onto something there. And and I I honestly don't see why, you know, with time and, and having learned the lessons and, and everything that you've, you've learned along the way from, from your obstacles that you can't just do what you just said, which is start reaching out across the country and saying, Hey, we can bring this to your town. We can bring this to you and, and it's easily rec- replicatable. So yeah. Uh, yeah, man, I look forward to, to seeing how that goes. But er- earlier you mentioned that you're the type of person that if you feel that something is wrong, you're going to speak up on it. You're, you're going to try to make some noise, try to bring some attention to it and see what can be done. So on your Twitter, you recently had posted a poll about. Did, should, I, miss that? Did I miss that? I, I, I just found it today because doing my research, I'm like, man, I, Ryan used to pop. You know how the algorithm is. It's always messing up people's feeds and whatnot. I'm like, I used to see more of Ryan on my feed. So let me go. Let me go see what Ryan's been up to. And uh, Ryan posted a, a question. Uh, which I was unaware of. And then I had to dig into the, the thread to kind of understand where it was coming. But All the right, question was basically, and correct me if I'm wrong, if I don't have the exact uh, wording on it, Ryan, but should women get paid 10% more for PT services than their male counterparts? Did I get that part correct? Uh, it's I'm not 100% sure, but it still sounds good. Okay. That's so, like a great question. So that was the question. And when I looked at the poll results, it was a overwhelmingly no, right? Everybody's yeah. like, no, why are we going to pay women 10% more than men for doing the same yeah. job? And initially- Why would we do that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And full disclosure, that was my initial thought. Yeah. I'm like, well, no, why are we going to pay- a female doing the same job that I'm doing. But are we already paying men 10% more than females doing the same job? But see, that's where it goes, right? Most so like, the first thing that came to my mind. See, so when I start digging, and again, like I'm looking at it on a very surface level. Mm. It's it's a question that in my head is like, should we pay them 10% more? I'm like, no, we're doing the same job. We should get paid the same. But when I start looking into the thread, it's what you said, that men are being paid 10% more than females or, or women, I'm sorry, uh, for the same job. So it, it seemed like you had done some research and kind of looked deep into it. Uh, tell me more about that. Like how did, how did you run across that? And then what kind of led you to, 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 to go down that, that, that path, so to speak? Um, I think the, the truest way to say, and I don't, no disrespect is this is like common knowledge. This is not this. It's, it's almost kind of wild that if you, if you are a steward of the, the social medias and the news and you have access to information that this is like a new thing, it's not surprising with how the world works. Um, so, so yeah. So, you know, I, I, I have a folder of, of, um, research that 
I don't have time to read a lot of research anymore. And that used to be my job and I loved it. Um, so you just kind of cycle through where, you know, in, in the list. And that one was one that I had seen pop up a, a few times. So I, I looked into it and um, I was actually on a trip to Illinois. It was like, you know what? I got time for all this nonsense this weekend. <laughs> so uh, let's see what everyone thinks about this. So that that was kind of where it started. Again, I I love having these conversations because a lot of people now realize that women are getting paid 10% less in the physical therapy world. And a lot of people want to argue about, is the research done really well? I don't know. But if it came out that men are making 10% less than women, we would have a problem with that. That's what I 100% we would have committees on this of why are men not making the same as women in this community, in, in this profession. So um, to me, it's uh, researchers can figure out that research, but I'm a business owner and I hire people. So from my standpoint, um, it's a very basic question of, do you believe in equity or do you not believe in equity? Um, so I think the reality of it is, is we should really be having conversations about paying women, uh, so I've had this conversation I, and I know this will start uh, some issues because I have really close friends who really believe a lot of things I do. And they had a real big problem with this that particular weekend we were camping. Um, but I really think we should have the conversation of how do we increase the paychecks of our female employees and physical therapists? What is that? What is that going to take? I think that there's a lot of things that I can't influence. Um, I can tell everybody what I pay my staff but I, I staff uh, less than 10 people. So that doesn't really matter, right? Um, the, there's a lot of transparency as you've seen um, from that thread. There's a lot of conversations we can have, but what I can do in my company is walk the walk of what I think is important. Um, and that's what we're here to do. So I'm I, I really considering how do, we, how do we offer benefits that benefit all the great things about our future female employees. So, so I had to work on a personal level. I've had to work damn near full time since I was in, in college to get where I'm at. So I've, I didn't have the luxury of being able to go to school and study as my job. I had to work and then I had to study when I could study to keep me in school. So I think that there's a, there's a, a great quality about that in hiring someone who has an upbringing like mine. So I know I'm, I'm, I'm married and my wife is a mother and she's awesome. And I know a lot of things that she has to deal with in her job that are crazy. So that's an extra stress, right? So if you have these extra stresses in the current climate of where we work, I'm going to acknowledge that. And I am so glad that you're willing to still be doing an exceptional job like all the other folks who don't have to deal with some of the issues that you have going on. So I think that technically, technically, and even when I put that poll up, do I want to just say my female therapist make 10% more than my males? I can see on a business level, there's that opens me up to like a lot of discriminatory practices, right? I think that there, there would be issues with that legally, but, but also, I deep down feel like it's an important thing to consider. So I think that there's a lot of very tangible, very real things that employees can do to say, we really appreciate you doing so great for us, despite all the barriers that took to get you here. So Ryan, as a business owner, you're interviewing candidates for 
a 1099 position and you have a female therapist and a male therapist who applies for the position. Uh, the male therapist quotes a price, well, quotes a rate that's probably 10, 50% more than the female therapist uh, requested. You as a business owner thinking that, hey, my bottom line, if that's what she wants, I'm going to pay her that if that's what he wants, but it still comes close to or under what you were going to offer. Would you bump the female's um, request up to match the male, even though she requested less? I, I would, I don't know. I would, I, but I would, <laughs> I don't know, honestly, but so I, I, would, honestly. I would say, I would say if I was, if if the female therapist, because one of the things in that in that thread is um, uh, not my words, other people's not read words was to the effect that, you know, females don't feel comfortable asking for a lot. So if that's the case, then, you know, we could have the conversation of the person that I am uh, considering with you has asked for this amount of money. Are you worth that amount of money? That could be a, a, a conversation that I think would really change things. But business isn't about hiring the best people and being the best person. Business works, as you, I think what you're alluding to, Dr. Mo, is that if I can get cheap help, I should probably get some cheap help. No, 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 no. Don't go get cheap help. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, uh, I can get great help for as cheap as possible. I think that that's a really, a, a very fair business decision. Um, I think the way I would handle it would be if if someone comes in with this, I already know what I'm able to pay, uh, right? So uh, one of the ways that I was discussing with my friends, I think would be very fair is, um, you know, if you if you are responsible, if you're in, in your family, if you're responsible for being a part of your kids' groups and you're taking kids to all these different things, one, you can figure this out and that out. You got better time management than I do. I would pay more for that. And that just traditionally, if we're going to be uh, stereotypical about it, that traditionally stereotypically falls on mom. Not always. I'm not saying any that that's how it has to be, but there's little things I think we could do to really start to bring things more equal. We don't even have to do those crazy things. If everyone would just say, we're going to show you what we pay and who we pay, the scientists could figure it out. I, like As we're having this conversation, like, when, you know, obviously the equal pay and all that stuff has been at the forefront for the last couple of years, but obviously with the Women's World Cup going on right now um, and everything that the U.S. women's national team went through, like this always comes up. And one of the arguments, and I'll be the first one to say that, that in, in the context of the soccer world, the way that it's done, I don't agree with. Um, as far as the equal pay, because I think there's different factors into it. There's viewership, there's sponsorship, there's outside things outside of just the men and the women playing the game and, and playing it at the level that they play with it, right? So, you know, the men and the women, because the women made it as far as they did, I just read something today that men and women will each get 300000 for what the women did in the World Cup. Right. Because that's the way that they did their whole collective bargaining, because uh, last year when the men made it as far as they did, the women got 
a check for what the men did. But again, like to me, there's different variables in play there. There's sponsorship, viewership, all those things. None of that applies as far as I'm concerned or that I can see in, in the physical therapy world, right? We, we're not, insurance isn't reimbursing us more or less depending on who's providing the care. It's, this is who, this is what we're going to pay you, whether it's John, Betty, Sally, doesn't matter. This is what you're getting. So I guess my question is, why is it that we are not paying men and women the same thing? Is it simply, like you pointed out, that some people had said they just don't ask for it? I think it because it really just blows my mind how in our profession, and I can only speak for our profession, how we're not how that still happens. Yeah, um, I think it goes deeper than that, where are people getting injured just because they don't stretch? No, it's, there's a lot of factors that go into it. But one of the, the, the things that I was reading from a different study on the topic was, um, and I don't think it was specific to the physical therapy world, is I don't know how they figure these th- things out, but they attribute like 35, 37% of the pay gap to sexism. So, you know, no dude business owners want to have that conversation. That's why we don't have that conversation because we, you know, we know better. We as in people that look like me. So, so that's why we're not having the conversation. We're also not having the conversation about private equity and the takeover of the healthcare space, including physical therapy, because a lot of people are benefiting from that. Not the, not the students, not the new grads, the people who've been around for a while and found their foothold in the, in the system, they're, they're benefiting. Um, but so I think that it comes down to like much bigger issues then then what is the thing but i think it's lack of transparency said uh, a few times in that thread again if we could know what everyone gets paid we could study if it if this thing really exists maybe i'm wrong gosh i hope i'm wrong i don't think i'm wrong but i have no evidence to say other than this these flawed studies which air quotes not because they're not flawed but they're putting questions by make them better. So my job is to consume it and understand it's flawed, but no one's saying guys are making 10% more or are making 10% less. So until that happens, this is the team I'm on. I'm on team. Let's make things right. And so as a little bit of a, a step back moment, I, I am self-aware and I understand that my solutions to these problems are not the best solutions. My solution to these problems is don't give us a reason to take it all the way over here. Let's have the conversation. Let's talk about what we're doing wrong and let's make it right. Because if you piss people off for long enough, you're going to have problems. And so people just want to make money. The big corporations want to make money. So if we make problems for how they do things, then they have to change. And so I am definitely on team. Let's do what's fair and right. But I am... I look at my role as if I could make a business off of being one of the first people talking about paying their women and paying their women more just because I feel like they've been screwed for a long time. I am totally willing to try to figure that out. If it's, if it supports my business, if it supports the community of people that we serve. And the last time I checked, I serve physical therapists who want a job and we're in the 70% of females. So I think I'm in the right and I'm in, you know, if we're talking about a marketplace, this makes a lot of sense <laughs> to, to, to get the cream of the crop. 
is to is to find ways to make things right for for people in the community, uh, the PT community. Absolutely. But to, to all of our female viewers, in the meantime, ask for more, <laughs> because, um, like I said, I, I I just don't. To me, it doesn't really make sense why we do it. But I'll tell you myself that when I negotiate um, my rates and my stuff, like I'm shooting high and, and I know that if I end up lower, it's still where I want to be. Right. It's that mentality uh, of kind of go aiming a little bit higher and knowing that if I land lower, I'm still in a much better place. Yeah. And I, um, I think I think on these side on these issues, I tend to fall on the side of the folks who aren't getting the fair shot because I, that was my mindset growing up. It was always like, you know, F the man, the man's holding us down. <laughs> and so that's the vibe that we, where I grew up, everyone worked really hard. And there was just an idea that we, you know, what kind of power do we have? So I, I know the feeling of people who are getting screwed over. Uh, and so why, why would you not want to do something about, about that? Cause it doesn't just affect my employees. It, the, having the conversation has to keep happening for anything to change anyway. So, well, that's the vibe of your company. That's just the vibe of your company. Your vibe of your company is I'm going to help. I'm going to help the person that needs me the most, but doesn't have the access to me. Yeah. Right. So that's going to easily transpire into, I'm going to help my employees or potential employees that need me the most, but don't have the access to what everybody else is giving them. Right. So again, it's just who you are in in every aspect of what you're doing professionally and personally. Um, and I salute that, man, because to, to, to take that stand and, and to stand there when most people are going in the opposite direction um, is not an easy task. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, salute to you. But uh, unless Mo got some final uh, words. I well, not final word, but I, I just because I know there might be a student or somebody who is interested in just doing something meaningful um, and not be bogged down, you know, working at a PT mill because people have reached out. Some may not want to do the home health, but they would want to do like the mobile work that you're doing. Um, when you want to charge Medicaid, it's low, it's low income. And you are doing low volume because you're one-on-one. -on -one. So that's going to be tough. Some people, if you do low income, you want to do high volume to make up the difference, but you don't want to be burnt out. Those that are doing cash PT, doing low volume, but high cost, so they could separate. So you have the Walmarts, you have the Targets, you have the Nordstroms. So you go according to rank. So in your community, um, Ryan, what type of model do you see yourself as? Do you see yourself as a Walmart or a TJ Maxx or along that spectrum? Where do you fall? Oh, we're a total mom and pops shop. Mom and pops? Yeah, absolutely. Custom. Mom and pop shop. So yeah. that's exactly what we are. And we're going to, the, 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 the goal would be, how do you scale mom and pop shop? Mm -hmm. So I think how you do that is what, what I talked about earlier was you find people who want to go back home and do really good work and you build around the community and not guess what the community needs, which is, you know, you, you can't, I can't plug what works for me and my clinic in Kentucky 
in Illinois where I hope to work and have clinics someday because that's where my family lives. Uh, in different parts of the country, reimbursement's different. So um, those are challenges. Those are real challenges. But, you know, it's, it's I don't think, I, I think there's plenty of money to be made. And if you want to make obscene amount of money, then owning a clinic isn't going to get you there. If you want to make a living, if you want to do really well for yourselves, what I have found with our numbers, if you can get a couple of clinics, three clinics, you can have a very good lifestyle. If you want to make obscene amount of money, you be an entrepreneur. There's a lot of avenues to make money. But but I think a lot of people, not just, but a lot of people want to be a physical therapist. That's what they went to school for. So it'd be great to be able to, to support people who want to do that where they live to push back against this takeover that I think that, that we're in currently of of it, you know wall street so people all the time say how's the apta gonna to help us with all this stuff like how do you fight wall street you, you it's getting more and more centralized through private equity and those things so the only way to beat that is decentralize everything and everyone's got to go back home and everyone's got to go into their places where they can have a community and and we build the right thing for that that right place and i think that can be scalable i might not be the person to do it but i know that if if somebody else takes this and runs with it, that's the great thing about my business. If someone does this better than me, that's awesome. <laughs> like, you know, if you can do what we're doing and give 20% of your profits back with time or resources and you can beat me, that's fantastic. And so like, then, then that's how this thing can get a little bigger. Well, I'm kicking your butt here. You're kicking my butt here. I want to give back more. How do we do that together? Instead of the competition of, I can't tell you how much you make because this clinic over here, you'll know that we pay you terrible as an example, you know? Um, so I, I, I think that that is the the way I see it changing, but, but what has to change is, and I know I'm going on a tangent here is what has to change. The laws have to change. Medicaid has to pay people more, you know, a lot of things have to change. Hopefully those changes lead to, we don't need a philanthropy PT anymore. And then I can just do it because I love doing it. But right now it's kind of a need for our community. So hopefully things change and you don't need to do what I'm doing, um, but I'm lucky I get to do it. I'm glad you get to do it too. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. And I don't know if we'll be seeing each other soon at some sort of CSM or anything. Um, I hope so. Yeah. So are you going to be in Boston next year? I have no idea. I'm uh, I'm opening a clinic and I'm hiring two new therapists. That's the, that is the current focus. We'll, we'll see where I'm at in February. Stay tunnel vision though. Stay tunnel vision. That's the only way. But thank, thank you. you so much for being on the show. Um, you guys can follow Ryan on Twitter at Ryan Shelton PT. Um, and if you are interested in finding out more on his business model, shoot him a DM or send him an email as well. So thank you, Ryan. And thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate your time. Yeah, it was great talking with you.